Okay. Listeners, I'm here today to welcome you to Bree Jack 2, <laughs> the episode Bree Jack Harder. I am here today with, what's his name, the host of the show, Steve Lubitz. How are you doing this week? Steve, I'm sorry to hear this week that your children have been a bit of a handful here in real time. I'm sorry to happened to you this week. How are you doing, Steve? I, I'm terrified, and otherwise, I'm well. Thank you. Right, right. Maddie, <laughs> so usual. Right. Okay. Maddie, uh, Maddie Myers is also the awesomeness at Mary Sue and some other <laughs> title, which I've memorized yet. That's, Maddie, no, that's I, right. That actually is my title. I am the awesome. awesomeness at awesomeness the Mary Sue. At Mary Sue. <laughs> Maddie, I am very sorry that all those people were jerks to you on Twitter this week. <laughs> I'm really sorry about that. Is that this ha- our attempt to do a timeless episode? <laughs> where you just that's the joke, right? Like every week, Steve's kids are a handful. Every week, people are jerksing on Twitter, and then every week, Georgia forgets the date of her own marriage anniversary. Is that why we're building up? Oh, oh. <laughs> I was just trying to think of an accurate one for you, Georgia. No, that's right. I'm glad that uh, you mentioned Georgia Dow. Georgia Dow, who is on Twit this week, I was very happy about that. Congrats, Georgia. How are you doing, Georgia's psychotherapist or something allegedly? I don't. Really know what she does. She laughs on the show. How are you doing, Georgia? I'm good. I'm so well. Brie, Brie, she's always up to way too much. How are you doing? (laughs) Yes, this week has been very stressful. Brie is always everywhere. She's like hiding behind your plants. She's behind the corner. You turn on the TV. You go onto the internet. There's that's right. That's right. And this week was no exception for Brie. There's never an exception. Everywhere yet again. She was all over major news networks and video game outlets. Right. It's like like Brie TV all the time. Right, right. Take over all. Nothing like Lawnmower Man. What? (laughs) What? How are you going to make that work? I don't know. I mean, okay. So great. I haven't seen that since I was a teenager. But didn't he like like become all media and like? Mm, okay, yeah, that's true. That's true. Yes. Is, spoiler alert. That spoiler. is. Oh, I was going to watch that this week. There's sort of oh. a. Well, Steve, you'll like it. It's a lot like a horrific version of Tron at the end because there's this <laughs> virtual world that everybody enters and they all have to battle there. But it's it's terrifying. As opposed to slow moving and ethereal and filled with beautiful music like Tron is. All right. So let's get right into the episode today. This is Bree Jack number two. So what we're doing is sometimes we get so super busy with isometric that we are recording a bonus episode, basically a circuit breaker episode. So when we fail, <laughs> we can't get an episode together. We don't end up like all stressing and putting it off until last minute. And then Steve is like up in the morning, like caffeinating himself, trying to get an episode out. So isometric listeners don't come bang down his door. So what I'm to do is i'm going to direct today's show with some awesome interesting questions that will let you get to know all of us better georgia (laughs) said oh my god so we're going right to you first no georgia when's your anniversary i'm I'm still traumatized now i'm starting to sweat all over again all right you gotta take off that therapy jacket you gotta take it off anthony and he let you down please i'm (gasps) gonna start 
that. Okay, okay. Let's go. Let's go straight to to Mortal Kombat. So <laughs> I always pick all the girl characters on every single video yes. game that I play. That's just the way that I do it. It's just my thing. So I have been practicing. Oh, I don't know if it was. If, I think it was Melina. I, I believe so. And she's a little bit more difficult to use, but she's got the the really cool um, fans. And so I'm trying to work these fans and trying to kill them off. And so he he is just a natural to playing fighting games. He loves them. I'm not. I really have to work it. I have to plan everything out. I have to figure out where all of her area effects are. And so I'm playing the game, and I'm. he's got his character. I think that he plays... Uh, I think it's Liu Kang. I think that, that was the one that he was playing. Anyways, so I'm playing it. I'm doing really, really horribly. Anyways, so he ends up changing, and then he takes Katana, and he takes this character, and then he owns me with my own character... And then fatalities me. And that was it. I dropped the uh, controller and walked away. And I thought, you know what? That was not cool. <laughs> so that was it. All right. This isn't even like a co-op experience. This yeah. is like you considering yeah. him to have betrayed you by <laughs> defeating you in what is ostensibly was my a, character. a game in which he should do precisely that. But- All right, Georgia, for that <laughs> story, I'm going to give you... Uh, Six points out of ten. So what we're going to do is tally all of these up at the end, and we're going to see who wins, and there will be an awesome, awesome surprise for whoever ends up winning. So, Georgia, I give you six points for that story. Steve, let's go to you next. Um, I have been over at your house in Super Smash. I've seen you deliberately going after your own daughters for two points. Who, by the way, are not even teenagers yet. Yeah. I've seen you kill your own children in Super Smash for cheap points to come back and get the win. So what I want to hear from you right now, Steve, is what is your biggest moment of shame in, in, in exploiting your children for a cheap win in a video game? That's pretty much it. It's <laughs> I... I mean, usually it's the other way around where I have to rip the controller out of their hands so we can finish around a Mario Kart in less than half an hour. Oh, okay. Like they're losing and you yeah. get impatient. Like they're they're driving, they're doing donuts on the track and I, unintentional donuts, and I am have to take the controller out of their hand to actually get onto the next race before we all uh, grow old and Nintendo's release their next console. To do the, I mean, usually we're playing co-op. So the only time that I'm playing against them is either when we're playing Super Smash Brothers or when we're playing Rumbo. But I've I have been known to um, in Rumbo to punch them to kind of get ahead of them so that I can win the level because really yeah I mean you know what happens is that I we all just randomly lose so often anyway that I have no quarter with them and so I decide that I'm just going to play full on and they will learn to win or not. Sure, so. that's fine, ever, like, but yeah, it, I'm sorry. I just don't know how Rumbo works. Yeah. So it's part of the game that you punch yeah. them. Yeah, no, I don't, I'm not punching them like holding the controller. I'm punching okay, the so characters. This isn't like a multiplayer Mario game where if you jump on somebody else's head to get them to fall, it actually actively disadvantages them in a way that the game is, I guess, designed for, but it's not considered good form. This is a situation where it is good form. That's, that's part of the game is to, to hit each other and, and knock each other down and try it. So I, but I, I know how to time it so that they'll fall into a gap whereas they don't quite have that skill level yet so um yeah but they'll they'll learn it eventually they've already learned how to beat me in mario kart so they'll probably figure out how to uh take advantage of me and then you know i need to enjoy this while i can 
No, because, I know. It's because fair. pretty much, pretty soon, and it's it's happening. Pretty, it's already happening. Like they're going to be beating the living crap out of me in every game that we play, and then I'm going to just be sad all the time. So I, I'm just kind of enjoying my moment while it, while I can because I'm a petty petty man. Yeah, so. crushing mm-hmm. yeah. self-esteem. Well, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. You know, well, I mean, you know, I'm I'm breaking them down to build them up. Isn't that what you do in martial arts? Uh, no, actually, no, it isn't. In martial arts, you mostly emphasize defense and not hitting first, actually. Well, it's you like know. the opposite of everything you said, but yeah, sure. <laughs> All right, Steve, I give you three points. Okay, for that story. fair enough. Okay. What are these ratings based on? If it's based yeah, on it's, entertainment, it's, 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 I was pretty entertained by that, but. If it's based on like douchitude, then I guess he gets a Wow! I, I, I mean, I don't know. I don't it's know. not real. It's I'm I'm playing it up for to try to play to the judge. It's not that quite that bad in real life, but I know. <laughs> but it is though because we've all played Super Smash with you and your children, so we actually all know already. I figure they don't know that I'm the one beating up on them because they can't tell, and they like flying into the screen anyway. So what do they care? You know. Mm. All right, Maddie, it's your turn. Are you ready? I'm ready. I need to know when you've been playing Zach in fighting games, I need to know the most underhanded thing you have ever done to beat Zach in a fighting game. (laughs) I can tell you some stuff that I did yesterday. (laughs) (laughs) This is like a daily occurrence in our household. I would say the worst thing that both of us do is that if we see the other person like I don't know, fixing their hair or scratching their ear or in any way looking away from the screen, especially between matches in that moment right before the match starts. Like, you know how there's that split second where maybe the person isn't totally ready? There's no such thing as not being totally ready in our household. It is on as soon as the match starts. And if the other person isn't looking at the screen, it does not matter. And last night there was a moment where Zach was in the middle of explaining something to me and like, I just continued to play full on without listening to what he was saying. (laughs) And that has happened several times. And in my defense, it is both sides. And and I would say that what happens more often, which would not surprise anybody who's met either of us or even listened to this show once, is that... um, the tactic is to try to make the other person laugh. So like, we'll just tell jokes and then the other person will be distracted. And that's, that's a great way to win too. And like, um, a lot of times you can just like make fun of the character animations or just like come up with cute things that the characters might say to each other. I mean, like, you know, or, or be disgusting and flirt with each other or whatever, because that's also part of it. But, but that any, anything is fair game. And when it, when it comes to winning a street fighter match in this house, all right, all right. I'll give that jokes. story ten points. Yay! I agree with that. I agree <laughs> with that underhandedness. I, I have to say, for me, sometimes um, you know I have very long legs, so I will drape them over Frank on the couch while we're playing games. And I have before at the last minute to win a match, kick the controller out of his <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! Wow! Fly across the room, and I won. And I don't regret anything. You, but you that's like Frank's win? one opportunity, like ever, to to win. Right. Well, yeah. That's all the more reason. <laughs> to be that's to be weird. honest, though, that's fair. I mean, like he should really be keeping an eye on that yeah. and yeah. keeping his hands on the controller, and he should be dodging out of the way. I mean, it's all about reflexes, so I feel like that's fair. Maddie, I I'm glad you have such fine sportsman, you know, sportswoman, <laughs> like human, yeah, sports human ethic. All right, all right. So Georgia, I've got a question for you. Okay, I need to know the game 
you are most embarrassed to have wasted a large amount of time on in your entire life? I think that you already know that one, probably. <laughs> do I? Do I? I do. I think that I think the one that I'm most embarrassed about because I still play it um, would be Candy still? Crush, just because it's uh, it's a game that I shouldn't be playing. There's no reason to play it. Like. I don't know why I'm still playing it. Oh, but are and you I spending still... money on it, though? I mean, you're not, right? I have been known to. She's yes. spending years of her life on the game, man. No, I know. I'm playing this game. Um, how so, much have you spent, Georgia? Tell me. Tell me a story about a dark moment where you spent money on Candy Crush, please. Okay, so let's let's go to uh, probably the most that I've ever spent on Candy Crush was passing one level because I'm I, I really does go against my nature to spend money on a pay for game. Um, so the worst thing that I did was one is I first went on to Facebook to play it on Ray's account because it's easier there <laughs> um, because you get different treats when you play it on Facebook than you do on on OS. But if and it then, doesn't even carry over to your account, then what's the point? It's like a different system. So some stuff you get you get to move over, and there's some stuff that you don't. So did so you hook up his his, his Facebook account to your yeah. Candy Crush? Yeah. Yes. Okay. His Facebook account is oh, account. All right. This goes this goes really deep, you guys. <laughs> I don't understand it at all. See, see now, notice that fa- that Georgia doesn't actually want to get her own Facebook account. It's not worth no. it that much. No. But she'll compromise Renee's account for this. Yes. 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 Exactly. So if you're you're giving Renee. Um, like you know, lives or something, or someone's—it's me. It's actually me. Um, and so I think that I've spent probably now I've spent like twenty-five dollars, which doesn't seem like a lot, but I spent almost—I never almost spent any money. It was only for like levels that I would buy. Now you don't have to buy levels anymore. So, um, but there was one level that I I spent for extra lives. I think that I spent like five bucks at one shot just to pass one level that. I, I couldn't pass for like three months. So I said, All right. Okay. All right. Ugh. Georgia, for that, I'm going to give you six points. <laughs> I know. Are you just going to give the same this number is just of gonna... points every no, time? No, no, no. No, she's coming up with random numbers in her head, and they're just different every They're the same every time. Zaniness levels. Okay. 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 Yeah. All right. Steve, I need that same question for you. What is the game that you played that you were the most embarrassed? You were humiliated. What is your your moment that you look back at and you go, oh, I should have been doing anything else, like other than spending a whole lot of time at that game? So, you know E.T. for the 2600? Yes. Yeah. So that was the first game that my parents got me when they got an Atari 2600 as a kid. I'm so sorry, Steve. Yeah. And I was too young to know what a bad game is. So I kept playing that game for hours and hours and hours trying because I figured that I just wasn't good at it yet. And if I kept playing it, eventually I would have a lightning bolt moment and I would figure out what the fun was and I would have a breakthrough and then I would get to like the next level of E.T. And that's did not happen Steve, and that will never happen. Are you actually one of the only people that actually finished that game? Is I don't think I ever saying? finished it. Man, I think there's like a certain point that you can get to, but I don't think you can ever really beat it, right? Yeah, I, I think it beats you after a point. It's, <laughs> it's, there's just so <laughs> many times. And literally. It, what happens is that you ha- you keep falling down these pits and it takes you probably 30 to 45 seconds to climb yourself back up out and then you fall back right into it 
immediately right after you get out again. And there's only so much of that you can take before you just throw the controller across the room and, and call it a day. So I don't think anybody's ever actually seen the end of it. I don't even think the people who designed the game have ever seen the end of it. Uh, but, but yeah, I put as much time into that as any human should, and I am not a better person for it at all. <laughs> That's great. All right, Steve, for that story, I I admire your pluckiness with that. (laughs) I admire admire the gumption to to come back through and and to to defeat that game. So I will give you seven points for that. Wow. So, all right. So, Maddie, because you are in the lead now, I have to give you a less interesting question. I have to give you a more challenging question question to tell an interesting story about so i need to know what is your favorite mario brothers power up and why okay um (laughs) (laughs) or you could answer this alternate question which is can you please tell the listeners about a time you made a mistake just in my life? It doesn't Just even have to do with video games? Oh, in my professional life? Yeah. Right, this is impossible. <laughs> yes, because as, as everyone knows, I've never made a mistake right. in my professional right. life. Ever. Not even so much as a typographical error. Everyone knows that about me. <laughs> so I have to answer the Mario question. All right, all right. I am going to answer the Mario question with the bunny ears that are in Super Mario Land 2 for the Game Boy. And the reason for that is because I believe that that game was the first game that i ever beat as a kid which i realize is dating me but everybody already knows i'm the youngest person on this show so whatever um i was pretty young when that came out and i remember my sister who doesn't even really like games but is irritatingly good at them to this day and is just one of those people who can just automatically be good at video games but is like i don't even care she would beat the mario all the mario games so quickly that it was friggin obnoxious and i couldn't beat any of them and as a kid anyway until super mario land 2 because it's just not that hard but i didn't know that and I remember running around that game and trying to keep the bunny ears for as long as possible. Not for any particular reason. I mean, it doesn't really benefit you in the game, but it does help you fly and it makes a funny noise. And I just felt like the coolest, most badass gamer during that period of time because it was like the first time when I felt like I was kind of pulling one over on my sister, first of all, but also like pulling one over on the game in a way because I was like actually saving up an item over level to level when I wasn't supposed to be using it and using in situations where where I didn't necessarily have to. And I I remember feeling like a real badass during that time. I will give you eight points for that answer. Really? That wasn't that good. I mean, I think you're biased in my favor, but I appreciate it. That was a true story. I dug those bunny ears. (laughs) Yeah, that game was awesome. All right, so Georgia is in the middle right now, 12 points. Steve has 10 points. And Maddie has 18 points. So let's go on to the next round. Georgia Dow. (laughs) Time for true confessions. Maddie Miles (laughs) said an undefinite number of weeks ago that we can't say, um, wrote an article talking about Hot Ryu. If you could get a hot version of any video game character, who would it be? Oh, Oh my god! It would probably be someone from Final Fantasy. 
<laughs> but they're already hot, right? Yeah, I know. Well, like, that, well, yeah. we assume That's... it would be an even hotter version, right? Exactly. Well, of who? Easy now, but uh, who? Yeah, I, yeah. Any of them? <laughs> the girls are awesome. Hey, hey you can only really? choose like one. hot Bibby. <laughs> they're so hot. Hot chocobo. Yeah, it would be like a really hot chocobo with his lumberjack beard. Oh, that's a callback to a joke about Zach being a bird. Uh, Come on, Georgia. They're so fabulous looking. They're just like okay. Like you got to narrow it down. You're talking about Cloud Strife. You're talking about Sephiroth. Like you, you into villains? Like what are you into here? Yeah, Sephiroth is pretty awesome. Oh, um. Any, what, about what about Reno? What about Rude? Do you like yeah. those guys? I mean, I think they're cute. Would I guess I would qualify them as Final Fantasy. Well, if, if they weren't totally evil, Sephiroth looks just amazing. Um, but yeah, it would definitely be someone from Final Fantasy. I just think that the the look to the manga characters are just so phenomenal. I love the hair, the long, flowy hair that's like not even real. Carry like sick weapons. They're sensitive and thoughtful and deep and awesome i don't know that would be it it would have to be uh who who I'm okay taking... but like zach fair or cloud strife answer. though like you need answer. to pick yeah i have to pick okay wait i have to take a look i've got to look at oh, let's go to the videotape uh, wait 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 oh it's like down when, like mind. you yeah. are walking down the aisle who is the cloud <laughs> cloud or zach is standing at the altar like who is it Wait, wait. Uh, Cloud's hair. Uh, Cloud's Zach hair. Zach has better hair, I think. Zach has better hair. Wait, now, wait. I'm going to pick Zach over Cloud, and then I'm going to take a look. Sephiroth's hair first. Oh, he has the best hair, though. But he's yeah, is he going to stay points, evil? Georgia, you better give it. Sephiroth. Sephiroth. Just because he's All got right. the hair, looks really cool. Better sword, better build. Right. Cloud's hair is a little bit funky for my look. All right, okay. all right. Thank you very that much. That is a disturbing Chow. answer, Georgia. <laughs> but you know, it really is. <laughs> all right, all right, Steve. We're going to give you the opposite question okay. because um, women are so frequently sec- sexualized in games. I would like to hear the most embarrassing story about you playing a game and the like. A woman was hypersexualized, and your daughters walked in the room. Oh, with you. <laughs> Do you have any stories That's, like that? That doesn't. It doesn't normally happen with with because. I don't play. I haven't played those games since they were born, though. Really? Do you have any stories where, like, at least Maureen walks in and you're like, "This isn't what it looks like." No, because we actually got some of those horrible games together and laughed at them. So, like, we got like you have to be so progressive. I know because we got like like before the kids were around, we got like Playboy the Mansion and like the guy game and just kind of like laughed at it. That's kind of cute. Yeah, you know we're we're adorable. So (laughs) you guys are. Yeah, me, I have this thing where if I'm listening to an audiobook, sometimes you know, like when I'm walking around the house, I will like put it on my speakers, or whatever. Yeah, and it is like a rule that like whenever there's some sex scene in an audiobook, <laughs> that will be the moment that Frank just comes home. Right? <laughs> <laughs> what are you listening to? Awkward, right? Yeah. Like you know, yeah. Like, yeah, so that that definitely happened. Yeah, I'm trying to think. The only time that uh, that would have happened would have been while I was playing Mass Effect. But, oh, Mass Effect is G-rated. Well, yeah, that's. I mean, that's as close as I would have gotten. 
Do you just like not play Catherine? Or no, I didn't play Catherine. Like no, and or like well, visual novels or anything like you know any of those types. Of, I just haven't played them. Well, no. not even just that. There's like I don't know. Ninja Gaiden has some pretty sexy yeah. characters in yeah, it. Yeah, no, I mean they'll walk, they'll walk in when I'm doing something like hyper violent. <laughs> like they they've walked in in the middle of me playing like Bulletstorm, and it's like get out. You need to go. This is a daddy game. Go away. But I'm I've got a pretty good uh, trigger finger on the pause button, but. All right. Yeah. Bye. So sorry. Sorry. I don't have anything salacious game related. Four points for that. Steve. <laughs> All right, Maddie. I want to hear the question. If you could. OK, we know you already have for you. Okay. What is the hot version? I have to pick anything? like a guy that I think is hot in a game. Or it could be a girl. I don't know. Like, no, it could be a girl. girl um, huh. OK. <laughs> I all my answers are really embarrassing because unlike a lot of other people I I mean like I think that pretty bishonen boys are cute but I tend to be more into guys with beards which is part of why the hot Ryu thing was like okay this is a meme I can get behind because I like a guy who has a beard who has like some hair on him or something like on his chest or whatever that's just my personal taste when it comes to the masculine form folks so yeah i mean like i make a lot of jokes about wolverine on my twitter so that this shouldn't come as any big so, surprise wait, to anybody. like it could be cloud from final fantasy 7 but like lumberjack cloud yeah it would have to be like a lumberjack makeover for cloud but i actually think i'd be more likely to pick maybe dom from gears of war or like marcus from gears of war if he had a neck or like one of those guys <laughs> neck, neck <laughs> because yeah. i actually do think that some of the gears of war guys are pretty cute and um there have been some characters in the other gears of war games that i i wouldn't give much of a makeover to really but if i were gonna give a makeover to a guy i would say marcus phoenix because that guy like needs a little bit of fashion help but i think he could be really cute you know if if he had the help all right so, i'll say that I will give you six points for that. <laughs> all right. All right. I mean, I wouldn't kick Cloud Strife out of bed. I'm just saying. <laughs> I don't think Cloud Strife is that sexy. I don't think he really is interesting. The hair. Right? Yeah, his personality isn't good enough. And I mean, that actually is what I talked about a lot with the Hot Ryu thing is like how quickly people came up with a personality for him. Because I think in fantasies, that's what matters for most people. Is just like what personality the person has. And also, you know, how hot they are. That's all we really care about here on this show. <laughs> and, I mean, that's why Baltier is so sexy in Final Fantasy twelve, right? Like he's he's kinda got that super confident thing going on. I don't know. The difference between guys when they're they they can be, you know, handsome or sexy or have this allure about them, but they also have a character usually that goes behind that, whereas girls are often eye candy and they're that's it they're yeah, just kind of empty really shells of beauty which makes it really really dull yeah totally and that is what i wrote about and it's also why it's really important that georgia likes sephiroth because he has a really great personality so yeah <laughs> all <laughs> right better hair i can make him good i can change wow. him Oh, wow. God, that's a terrible, unhealthy no. <laughs> And you have the psychoanalysis background to know that that's false. <laughs> that's why that's so funny. <laughs> right, Georgia, it would be funny if it was right. Hey, just want to take a quick break to tell you that this episode of Isometric is brought to you by Squarespace, where you can start building your website today at squarespace.com and enter offer code isometric at checkout to get 10% off. Uh, you know Squarespace. We've talked about them a lot. Uh, we use it to host Fandas.biz where we sell all sorts of uh, ridiculous stuff just to prove that you can really. But uh, a number of us use Squarespace for our own personal sites. I use it to run Multiball.net, which is my personal site. Uh, Bree uses it for BriannaWu.net. And 
Uh, Maddie uses it for MaddieMyers.net. You know, we all chose Squarespace because it really is super easy. Like, I have not a lot of time to be sitting around and fooling around with my website. I just want to write something and get it up and not have to worry about anything. And Squarespace does that for me. I don't have to worry about hosting and scaling. I don't, if somebody should link to a post and it blows up, I don't have to worry about whether the server's going to stay up or not. It'll just deal with it and it's fantastic. I don't have to worry about security updates, which is such a problem nowadays. Um, everything's really easy to use. I built my blog like in like two hours and that was most of that was just getting the stuff out of Tumblr and onto Squarespace. So it was super easy. They're trusted by millions of people. A lot of brands use them and they, if you do get stuck, they have 24 seven support with live chat and email in New York, Dublin, and Portland. So you're covered no matter where you are. You can add a store really easily. You can just build a cover page to build a single, uh, single page website with no problem. And if you do like to get into the code and you do want to tinker with things, you can get into their dev platform. It's out of beta and you can just go in and do whatever you need to to your site. But if you don't want to do that or if you somebody else is asking you to build a website and you don't want to do it for them, then you can just set them up with one of the basic templates and be off to the races in like no time. So if you sign up for a year, you'll also get a free domain name, which is a fantastic deal. Um, so go ahead and go over to Squarespace to start your free trial. They start at just $8 a month. And when you do start your trial with no credit card required at squarespace.com, make sure to use the offer code isometric. When you do sign up, you'll get 10% off your first purchase and you'll show your support for isometric. And we super duper appreciate it. So thank you to Squarespace for their support of this show and all of Relay FM. Squarespace, build it beautiful. This is your moment to get ahead on Bree Jack 2. <laughs> I want to see you bring in your A game. I am, oh, I'm, throwing you, I'm throwing you a ball. It's on fire. You can just dump <laughs> this, okay? What was your biggest WTF moment in the history of the show working with me? <laughs> oh, Jesus, like, oh, I don't know if I, like, maybe was it when we were planning the show together? And, like, I just wrote you. I'd met you once. I'm like, hey, you want to do a podcast with me? And then you're like, oh, crap. What have I gotten myself into? <laughs> oh, there's so many of them, Bree. There's so many of them. I remember that one time that I laughed so hard. I don't even remember what you said. I laughed so hard I almost lost a lung. I couldn't speak. I was tearing up. There was the time, though, the first time I think that it ever went, uh, I don't know if I'm, should I be frightened, was when you went, <laughs> Georgia, can you give me your address? And I'm like, uh, <laughs> you're like, trust me. And I'm trust like, me. right. Oh, yeah. Okay. And then there's like this big package that comes to my house that I have to open live on the show. And I'm yeah. like, it's inside of this. It could be anything. It could be anything. But I, I just think that the, the probably the biggest thing, and I'm sorry, because this is probably not going to be shocking, but this is going to be true, was that like we came together like like I didn't know anyone <laughs> and we did this show and it was it's just so much fun I I laughed so hard we've been through so many good and bad times together but it's just been so much fun and from the first show that truly was <clears throat> an utter train wreck of amazing <laughs> but it's still a train wreck and I'm like what I don't are know you talking about our first episode is the best episode we've ever done it's all been it's all been downhill from there no. But that that we have such an amazing blast together. That was my I can't like the, the, we had every reason why this show shouldn't work, <laughs> and it. I think that those are all the reasons why the show does work. So all right, all right. Um, that's my Steve, feeling. Same but. question to you: What was the moment in planning a show together with me? You were struck with fear in putting isometric <laughs> together. 
um, from the very first time that we <laughs> we started talking about doing the show, and I yeah. made an offhanding remark like, "Hey, you know, I'm thinking about maybe getting back into podcasts." We're like, let's do a show. Like, what? <laughs> what? What do you mean? Let's do a show? Yeah, let's do a show. What? <laughs> and and from then on, it was just like. A complete like I don't know what happens in the last like eighteen months since then. Like that's <laughs> I, it's just like been a blur since then. There was that text message and then that was it. And and I don't know where I am right now. But yeah, there was there was that, that time that you that you sent uh, a uh, the most dangerous Nerf gun ever to my daughter's to yes, open. That was really good. That was and they're uh, still gonna get old enough to be able to use that. Oh right? yeah, oh yeah. I'm sure that I'll be feeling that in uh, in no time, pretty much. And then but. eventually they'll have real bows and arrows, and they'll be able to protect us all when the apocalypse happens. Well, you know, right? I mean, they'll they will be you know offering Humanity's themselves up as tribute. Last great hope. Yeah, yeah, they'll be offering themselves up as tribute, and then they'll conquer the Hunger Games. I mean, that's sure, that's sure. Pretty much, you know, all without question. Yeah, all three of them at the same time. Um, because of that Nerf gun. <laughs> it started it all. It started a revolution. Yeah, there was. I remember sending you this tweet of uh, it was like uh, it was an anime clip from Melancholy of Harushi Suzumiya. Oh yeah, and it was like, just, like it was like, like it, I titled it like the making of isometric. <laughs> and it is this, this clip from this anime where this girl is in this class and she's like, oh, yeah. and she just like grabs the guy and it's like, come on, we're doing it. We're starting the club right now. Let's go. Come on. <laughs> And that anime is really good, and now that you've referred to it, I'm never going to not be able to see our show <laughs> as being that anime. And if any of our listeners have seen it, then they're going to agree that you're Haruki <laughs> and that the rest of us are the other characters on that show. Yeah, I watched that. I'm like, this is absolutely 100%. says. <laughs> like, absolutely, this is 100% how it happened. Like, I just grabbed on and held on for dear life. And <laughs> and I have been for however many episodes we've been doing this now, so... I'm trying to decide if I would be the cat that talks or maybe the reticent alien girl. I don't know. Listeners can let me know. (laughs) (laughs) I I think either of those could work for you. Maddie, same question to you. Same question to you. See, this doesn't work for me, though, because nothing that you've done has ever freaked me out. (laughs) Really? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you called me and you were like, hey, do you want to be on a podcast? And I was like, yeah, that sounds great because we've been (laughs) on a panel together and a couple times. And I always thought that you know, we don't agree on everything, but we always have an interesting conversation. And yeah, yeah. I always thought that you were really smart. So I was like, whatever Bree's doing is probably pretty good. <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> no, I mean, not true at all. I don't know. That's and what then I thought we did the first time. show and she yeah. was like, what did I get myself into show? And I was like, oh, no, am I going to be like the young person on the show and also the most liberal person on this show? And it turned out that I was right. And that <laughs> is exactly how the show has continued to this day. <laughs> anyway, I, I don't know. Not, I'm not scared by anything, really. All I'm right. trying to think of something that does scare me. That would be a more interesting question. So what's up? Zombies. Horror <laughs> movies. Horror movies, but Jump especially scares. zombies. Playing horror video games. <laughs> Mostly zombies, though. For real. Zombies. Really? Yeah. Zombies, but they're so slow. I know, but it's a, it's about fear of death, you know? I'm always yeah. worried zombies I'm not going to finish everything I want to do. Move. It has to do with symbolism, Georgia. You're a psychotherapist. You should know about this. I, I don't know. They don't symbolize death to me. They symbolize living after you're dead. That's almost like the opposite. No, no because you live after you're dead, but you don't have <laughs> any 
mental acuity. And that's okay. like the worst, okay, it's, it's like the worst possible, uh, yeah. horrific version of becoming elderly. Right. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's like the opposite that, of being yeah. in a coma, losing yourself and, and not being able to, to yeah. really know your loved ones. I mean, that's, it's incredibly tragic. So anyway, yeah. zombies are scary, yeah. but Brie isn't. <laughs> Maybe, maybe like a demi lick where it's like a mage that binds their intelligence to their mortal form and then slowly decays. Like maybe that would be okay, but no, not zombies. Or like sort of a neuromancer scenario where like I'm in charge of the zombies and I've mastered death. That would be kind of cool. Yeah, so yeah. zombies okay. are okay as long as they're on your side. Oh yeah, absolutely. Okay. That's so, true for everything. So you're basically a Zerg, you're basically a Zerg queen in real life. Is, is basically oh what you're god, saying. yeah, I All wish. Right. <laughs> All right, so I need to catch everyone up on scores. Wait, 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 <laughs> Ree, what's yours? What's my favorite? What's what what have you done to scare yourself death? over the past? <laughs> I've done to scare myself. Not of yourself, really, Georgia. <laughs> I genuinely do. Sometimes, like I. <laughs> So I think Maddie and I, like, we're Twitter pugilists, right? Like, we play <laughs> in our own world. But then I look at the way you tweet sometimes. It's just like, it's coming for an entirely different reality, right? Like, <laughs> you come in and you'll be on Twitter and you'll tweet something. And I'm like, wow, George is like genuinely happy right now. And nobody's like telling her she sucks 800 times a day. And like, you just come at it and I'm like, Wow. And it's like, I I don't know. I sometimes I do worry about this. You know, when you're trying to change the world, you make a lot of enemies. That's just the reality of it. And when you stand up for something that a lot of people don't want to hear, you get yelled at a lot. And, you know, that's something I do. And it's certainly something Maddie does. Steve, you do it to a lesser degree, but you're also a dude. So, you so don't, I don't get I don't get anything. I just say it and no, everybody leaves me alone. Yeah. So I do yeah. sometimes worry that like Georgia will like peek in while I'm going, hey, you know what, Twitter? Go F yourself. And it's going to be like, ooh, I wish she hadn't said that. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, I do stress that sometimes. Well, you know, yeah. George is basically like the Snow White of Twitter. She is. <laughs> and also of Isometric. So Georgia, the Snow White of Isometric, has a <laughs> awkward segue. Steve has 21 points. And Maddie is dominating with 27 points right now. Yay, Wait, no. I am so good at anecdotes. <laughs> I spoke wrong. Sorry. <laughs> Hey, I'm just going to take a break from the brejacking to tell you that this episode of Isometric is also brought to you by Casper, who sell mattresses on the internet. I know, I know what you're thinking. That is, you just need to go to a store and you need to lie down on it and you need to try it. And that's the only way you're going to buy a mattress. But that is not the case. And you're paying a lot more for your mattresses because of the mattress industry taking so much overhead. And Casper's cutting all that out by selling the mattresses directly to you and passing the savings on to you. Casper's mattresses are a new type of hybrid mattress that they combine premium latex foam with memory foam, and they come together for better better nights and brighter days, and it has just the right sink and just the right bounce. Uh, Normally, you go to buy a mattress, and you're going to expect to pay like $1,500, $2,000, sometimes even more than that. Uh, Casper mattresses are $500 for a twin, $750 for full, $850 for queen, and $950 for king, and everything's made in America. And those are, if you haven't shopped for a mattress recently, those are ridiculous prices. Ridiculously good. But how are you going to know if it's good if you can't lie down on it? Well, Casper's making it completely risk-free. They have a 100-day return period. So basically, you just take, you order the Casper mattress. It comes to you in this box, and it opens up like, like the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. And you just try it out for over three months. 
And if you don't like it, then they will take it back from you. No questions asked. And But chances are you are going to like it and you're going to be very happy with it. So, you know, what's better than that? You can't really know anything from lying on a mattress for like 30 seconds in the store. You really need to sleep on it. And with Casper, you can do that. So if you're still on the fence, listeners of the show can get $50 off any mattress purchase by visiting casper.com slash isometric and using the code isometric. Uh, terms and conditions apply. But thank you so much for Casper for sponsoring this show and all of Relay FM. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. So, you know, we're going to go to the next question. It's a bit of a, a more serious one right here. So, um, what I want you to do is to tell me a story about games meaning a lot to you, like a game that really got you through a difficult time. And I'm going to tell you mine. Um, a game that really means a lot to me personally was Super Mario Advance on the Game Boy Color. Um, and, you know, I've talked on the show a bit about, um, you know, my ambient addiction. Um, and I talked to Inc. Magazine about it, but I've never really talked about it in detail. Um, so, you know, what was going up to that addiction was really just being really unhappy with my job in DC and just getting to a point where I couldn't even focus. Um, so, you know, I was just, I was so unhappy with my life and I just gotten more and more dependent on this stuff to, to function. Um, and the irony was I was like functioning at a very high level, but I was really broken behind the scenes in ways people didn't really see. So, you know, I went to rehab, which was like live at the hospital, nine hours a day of group therapy. Like this was $30,000 a month for a reason. It was really, really good professional program. And, you know, like I was detoxing and I was um, you know, coming down off of it. And the only thing I had was uh, this one little Game Boy Advance that I could, you know, charge and replay. So this is basically, you know, three months of my life where this was the only thing that I had to pass the time with. Um, And that game is a game I know backwards and forwards, up and down, left and right, because when you're trying to get over that kind of addiction, something they don't really talk about is the way you're absolutely unable to sleep. So, like, I literally spent three weeks unable to get sleep, uh, like, breaking that addiction to it. So, you know, this is a game that when I think back to uh, the point that I really got my life turned around and got back on the footing that I needed to, you know, get to the career point I'm at today, this is a game that I really think about. It's very special to me for that reason. So, Georgia, do you have a story about a game that really meant a lot to you? Um, well, I remember when my uncle died, um, and death is not something that I deal with really well. Um, I think it's just that sense of loss and the, the finiteness to it. It's not something that I didn't become a grievance counselor for that same reason. And so when my, my uncle died, it was just hard. It's really hard when you deal with um, a great loss in your life, someone that you're really close to, to be able to stop the, your mind from spinning and being stuck in sadness. And I remember playing Plants vs. Zombies, and I did it like multitask. So I'd do like my nails, I'd play Plants vs. Zombies, I'd have something else on the TV, just to kind of with you know let the time kind of pass so that it didn't feel as um, 
sets as close to me. It gave my mind a little bit of a break because your body doesn't heal really well when you're going through a large period of trauma. And so I played that game, you know, just over and over. And because it was a game where, you know, I couldn't just, my mind couldn't wander up. My characters would die. My plants would die. If my mind just kind of wandered, it kept me at it. And so I would play that throughout the time of mourning, which was really helpful. I, I'm not the type of person that when I'm mourning, I want to talk to a lot of people or deal with that because I find that also like exhausting. I like to just kind of be in my cave and just do something solitary and be able to deal with that. And I found that that was really helpful. Wow. Wow. Steve, what about you? So I've talked about my magic addiction in high school, some on this show. And Mm -hmm. yeah, um, what I what I'd realized recently is that so high school was like a really difficult time for me. I went from a a class of 12 into like a big public high school and I didn't know anybody. I pretty much was an outcast from day one. And uh, that never really changed for me throughout the four years that I was high school. I just pretty much wanted to get out. So, And Mm -hmm. so it was on top of that that at the same time, I was really struggling with what I now know are the symptoms of ADD at the time. So, like, I was clashing with my parents constantly. They would never tell me this, but I'm sure they were really frustrated with me because I was – what seemed to them, like, incredibly lazy. There were some classes that I – I, I nearly flunked physics just because I missed a, a lab and I refused to go in after school to do it just because I couldn't bring myself to do it. One of the things that ADD does to you is it, it wrecks your self-esteem. So I didn't really see anything that I was doing well as being because I was able to do it because it's something that it makes you feel like I can't do it consistently. So this I'm just getting lucky all the time. And so I was never really feeling like I was doing anything that I was doing. And then I discovered magic at the end of my freshman year, and that was something where I would go every Sunday, and there was luck built into the game, so it it didn't make me feel so bad when I failed, but it Mm -hmm. made me feel really good when I was successful, and then I felt myself getting better at it in a way that I wasn't really feeling myself getting better at anything. At the comic book shop, every Sunday, people would get together to play, and that would give me something to look forward to just to get me through week by week. Like, I know if I can just get through the week, I can get to Sunday that I can play Magic and I can have a good time. Um, It kind of came to a head when I was – my senior year, I got put on Accutane. And Accu, I don't know if you remember Accutane at all. Yes. But it one of the things that they discovered after the fact they didn't know at the time is that it would um, inspire suicidal thoughts. And so, yeah, so that was something that I was kind of struggling with and having that every Sunday to look forward to just kind of got me through like I just need to get to Sunday and I can I can play magic and that's something to look forward to when I didn't really have anything else to look forward to other than just getting out of high school in general. And when it seemed like it was so far away that I was never going to get there. So it just kind of having that meant a lot to me. And I don't. I don't really want to go back there. I mean, that's kind of why I've been attracted to Hearthstone as much as I have, is I've been, you know, rediscovering all this stuff about myself and and kind of going back, knowing what I know about myself now through ADD. Um, So I think that's why, what kind of that same void that Hearthstone is filling for me now, that magic felt filled for me then. Though it's not, obviously, it's not as severe now as it was then, but... So that's that's something that that really meant a lot to me and and kind of kept me going through high school when I when nothing else mm-hmm. would. So would wow. you still call it an addiction though, Steve? Because that is how you described your relationship to magic. But yeah, it sounds like now you feel like you have sort of a positive view of it, even though 
maybe there were also times when you were so into magic that it, it was negative in some way. Like, yeah. what do you mean by that? Exactly? I, I don't think it was addiction now. I, I'm calling it that. It's not really, but that's kind of what people would understand it as. I, I feel like I hyper-focused on it. Like maybe a codependency sort of yeah, a situation yeah, where it was, it was a, helping you get through an, an unhealthy thing because you didn't have the right medication at that yeah. time. Yeah, it was that. And it was also something as part of ADD that I just kind of zeroed in on. And like my like I had binders like meticulously organized of magic cards, like binder, right. binders and yeah. boxes and everything was in its right place. And if you I you needed a bulldozer to get through my room, you know, just to get to the bed. So, like, everything else was in complete disarray, but that was, like, I knew exactly where everything was, and everything was in its right place, and everything was organized, and it was something that I was able to focus in on, and I was able to be good at, and then I just kind of threw myself into it, uh-huh. you know, because it was there, because it was partially because of my ADD, and partially because that was one of the only things where I felt like I was good at something at the time, when I felt yeah, like I wasn't totally. good at anything else at the time, and where I could feel, like, successful, and I could feel like I could feel positive about myself so yeah yeah. i don't know i mean like i think addiction is like kind of a sad way to describe it yeah it sounds like a cool thing right yeah like a coping mechanism yeah yeah coping mechanism maybe has a negative connotation but i think it might be a little more accurate it it was almost like it was like a lifeline basically yeah is what it was no i know what you mean yeah so are we all telling sad stories yeah yeah it should be Okay, See, this I'll is the emotional archive isometric, Natty. We have no, high I know. I I've talked about yeah. this one before. You guys probably remember this story. Um, but um, I was in a really long relationship with a guy for five years, and he broke up with me after we were living together, and I was in my early twenties. And um, we had played a whole bunch of competitive shooters together, and that was pretty much all I knew for a really long time was just these really competitive hypermasculine games. And um, I, I didn't really know that much about Metroid. Like I was sort of passing familiarity with it, but I was definitely not a Metroid fan. And um, after he broke up with me, I got all the Metroid games, and um, I went through this phase where I just only played all of the Metroid games. Um, And also I sort of realized during that time, like I was regressing back into depression and probably the first time that I started feeling suicidal was when I was in sixth grade and realized that I didn't have any friends and like things didn't really get as bad as that for several years. I sort of like had multiple therapists as a kid and in high school and then sort of did okay during college. But then after, after college, after this guy broke up with me, I started feeling that way again. And, um, I think a big part of why I was able to go back and go to therapy was because I was able to look at Samus as this character who predominantly is by herself. And that was the first time I should say that I was living alone, not by choice, because I had been living with this guy in an apartment together. Um, and I had assumed that we'd be together forever because I was very young and naive. Um, and so I was by myself for the first time and I, I had to pay for this thing by myself and, and really support myself. And that was all really new for me. And so I could sort of look to Samus and be like, well, she's a freelancer. She's living alone. She's constantly alone out in space in this, in this ship. And she is somehow maintaining her well-being. And she's had all these bad things happen to her in her life. Um, not necessarily the same as being in like an abusive relationship with somebody for five years per se, but, but 
you know, she has her own her own problems with her parents being killed. That's pretty bad. Yeah. So I sort of could look to that and be like, okay, if Samus can do it, then I can do it. And and that was a really really important thing for me to realize at that time was just that it was okay to be by yourself and to still sort of love yourself. And I, I think that's really hard for people to realize, especially after breakup, is that it's actually okay to be alone and to sort of um, be an independent person as opposed to just rebounding back into a codependent scenario, which, which after abuse is particularly hard. So that was something that was really, really important to me, was a game about a woman who works alone and is alone. So yeah, Metroid for sure. Wow. All right. Just some good stories. Um, I realized after the fact, I can't really rate anyone's tragic <laughs> stories. Oh, no. So I could give all of the 10 for that. Yay. Yay. Everybody recovered from their sad <laughs> past. Right, With right, points. So that, points make awesome. everything better. All right. Yeah, that's right. true. Gamification of sadness. <laughs> that's what we're for on this show, right? I we should do a mechanic about fun. that. All right. All right. <laughs> You're moving it to final Breachack here. Uh-oh. You're moving okay. final breach act here. All right. So this is So do we do we have to wager our points now or or what are we going to have Ooh, is to this wager? like Jeopardy? <laughs> <laughs> so I have you ask you as a question. question and I will give you the category. So I'm going to let um I'm going to give you the category and then you can tell me how many points you want to bet. So Georgia, your point total is thirty-three. Steve, your point total is 28. Maddie, your point total is 39. So the category here is Super Mario Brothers 2. And I'm going to give you a trivia question. Oh, God. I have to tell me if you can get it right. Now, I, I, I will say this. If, a, if the majority of you do not know Super Mario 2 that well, I will be willing to switch it to Super Mario 3. I know Super Mario 2 better than Super Mario 3. Yeah, either way, I don't fine. remember uh, really. I think okay. I do too, but either way, yeah, it's yeah. kind of going to be okay. a toss out. All right. Uh, Georgia, how many points are you betting? 33, wait, of wait. course. Okay, 33 <laughs> points. Okay. We're going to play. All right. All right, Steve. Well, I guess I'm all in too. Okay. <laughs> all right. Maddie? Uh, $1. $1. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. I guess... 10 points? I don't think I'm going to get this right. <laughs> Unlike the Wait, two of you, of I'm are. not that it's confident. Okay. I guess it doesn't really matter. So you mistake confidence for desperation, Maddie. I do, I do. <laughs> I'm already winning, so I have no motivation to bet all of my points. That's I'm hard. going to bet 10 points. Okay, so I need for you to all send me the answer to this in Skype's IM window, okay? The question is, what is the name of the final boss in Super Mario Brothers 2. Oh, yeah. Everybody's just Googling it, though. No, no, I no was Googling. able... If you Google... I, didn't, I, I did not need to Google that. That. Wow, really? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Georgia, I want for you to swear on the soul of your children that you will not cheat. <laughs> I would never do that. do that. Okay. I would do that, but I I, I won't do that. I didn't okay. cheat, okay. and I very likely got it wrong. So I hope you guys are ready to kick my butt. <laughs> uh, George, I'm still weighing on your answer. I know, I know. I'm thinking. Stop googling it. 
Well, you know who I want to say, but I can't be the right answer. Okay, it's Princess. It it a startling turn of deception. (laughs) There's only so many bosses that I even know from it. Wouldn't that be cool though? That would be awesome. The Mario games end with Princess Peach being the mastermind. Like 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 she orchestrated her own kidnapping. Yeah, that would be awesome. Oh, false flag. False flag. It's a false flag that you have to jump onto at okay, the end. Okay, well, I'm going with the, the obvious You jump on the flag and it just falls out from under you. Exactly. I'm going with the obvious answer, which no doubt is going to be wrong, but I'm going with the obvious Tell answer. Give it to me. I don't see it. Ah, oh, there. All right. All right. All right. So we're going to go through this here. For Steve, we'll go to Steve first since he was uh, behind. The question was, what is the name of the final boss in Super Mario Brothers 2? Steve said Wart. That is correct. Thank you. Oh, Excellent. So, Steve, uh, remind me, how much did you bet? 28 points? Uh, all, all of it. All of all it. Right. Steve it's... beat us then. <laughs> all right. So Because I'm going to predict that George and I both put <laughs> Bowser. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> because both of us don't know. I, I, have I no yeah, clue. I, That's I the only I one that Bowser wasn't, like, the end boss of. All right. Georgia did, in fact, say Bowser. <laughs> and Maddie, in fact, her answer was Bowser, question mark, lol, I literally don't know. <laughs> Which is not correct. So, Steve. Yay. Now, what if you won? It's up to you. This may be something you don't want. Is it a frame picture of Hot Ryu? Is that what that is? I hope it's a picture of Hot Ryu. I'm going to mail something to your house, Steve. Oh, no. And then you'll have to open it on the air with me for a follow-up thing. Thank you all for coming to the show today. Yeah. We love, we love doing isometric with you. We are human, and sometimes we have to miss a week. So thank yeah. you for bearing with us and all this. I think stuff. this was a pretty entertaining yeah. bonus episode. I hope so. I almost kind of want to miss a week now so we can release this. Steve, <laughs> Steve no. I know. No, I'm joking. Don't. I'm joking. Uh, so... So yeah. uh, do we'll do we have anything out? Do we have any other closing remarks for you? Should I should I lead us out? Yeah, just I don't think we can do housekeeping. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about which episode of Twit Georgia was on six months ago, and uh... yeah, whichever the most recent episode of Twit and or the most popular podcast yeah. in the world was. Georgia and Brie were on them respectively. Yeah, Ge- Georgia was on that episode of Twit where they were introducing the original iPad and. There was no iPad. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, so iPad six point sixty six. Yeah. So uh as always you can uh find the show notes. I don't know how much there's gonna be for this show, but in, in general you can find the show notes for this show and every show at relay.fm slash isometric or at isometricshow.com. You can rate and review the show on iTunes. Uh that helps us out a ton. You can send us your feedback uh via email to feedback at isometricshow.com. Uh, we are, as always, part of the amazing Relay.fm network, so make sure to check out all of the other fantastic tech shows that you can find available on that site. And you can also follow all of us on Twitter. The show's account is at Isometric Show. I am at Wicked Good. And, Brie, where can people find you? Jail. <laughs> I'm probably in jail in the future when this episode is recorded. But I'll also be tweeting from jail. <laughs> That's the very fun, entertaining, and calm account known as Space Cat Gal. And Maddie, where can people find you? Um, I'm probably still tweeting about Street Fighter <laughs> at Samus Clone on Twitter. In Georgia? I will assume I will still be at Georgia underscore Dell. Thank you, as always, for listening. And uh, hey, is the show over? The show, this show is, is over. over.
Down, crack a lock.